Hello, and welcome to the Just for Kicks podcast on Game Time CT. I'm Scott Erickson, the boys soccer writer, and we are joined by Joe Morelli. Joe, good morning. Good morning. You're inside again. I'm inside, and Pete left me, and so I'm recording this. So there's like a, a somewhat of a possibility of us just not working and us just talking. <laughs> well, right, let's hope it does. And uh, let's hope that's not true. As we um, as we get closer to the, the winds of November, uh, as they say in the old NFL days, um, Scott, at least we're getting to this point, but not without some uh, uh, trips along the way, as they say. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think we thought there was going to be trips along the way. Um, we're going to be joined in a little while by Greenwich coach Kurt Putnam, but um, yeah, there's been trips along the way. I mean, there have been schools that have had to close uh, and send their kids home for remote learning. And that obviously affects sports because once they do that, all sports activities are halted. Uh, we saw Ridgefield do it yesterday. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on at North Haven. I know they moved some games around this week. We had seen games last week at Darien, West Hill, uh, a whole bunch of other schools uh, get postponed. Uh, we have a lot of schools in the ECC that are not playing any games until the end of October. Um, Brian McMahon High School in Norwalk is not playing any games at the end of October. Uh, pretty, they're pretty, their season's pretty much wiped out. Uh, they're going to try to get back up for whatever the playoffs end up being. Um, but there are teams and more and more each week that are having to, you know, at least halt for short periods of time. And some are halting for long periods of time and taking almost a month off and hopefully coming back for playoffs. But we don't even know what the playoffs are going to look like. Um, we had hope that the SWC was going to have a championship. That got changed, right, Joe? Yeah, the um, – interesting, on a t- the topic, before we get to that, um, Sellington was obviously back in remote learning. They've been remote learning a lot, but the girls' teams, the teams continue to play, which is a good thing. Uh, Shelton boys, which was off for two weeks, they never said the reason why. We can assume what it was. Uh, they're back playing tonight against Amity. But yes, to answer your question, the SWC had tried to do a North and South championship games in all their sports field hockey, both soccers and girls volleyball. Yeah, I see Nick's dad saying you guys stay in your own region uh, for the champion, which is too bad. But uh, so everybody's basically the CCC playing in their own region, their own pods, whatever you want to call it. Obviously, when they have eight per region, you got the top four teams playing their own tournament, the bottom four playing their own tournament. ACC doing something similar. Um, but the interesting thing is the SEC is, for, for COVID reasons and for competitive balance reasons, have decided to move some scheduled games around. Obviously, trying to take pressure off Platt Tech and Whitney Tech so they don't have to face the top-heavy schools like a Notre Dame, West Haven, like a Shelton, but move their schedules around. And then, obviously, they, they've tried to avoid some of these matchups three times. I mean, it's as – Al Carbone has said it's fluid. So Hand and Guilford was supposed to play today for the third time. Right. They changed it. So Hand now goes and plays Cheshire. Xavier goes and plays Guilford today. Basically, they've gone outside their regions and, and worked with all the schools to uh, try to have competitive balance, to avoid these lopsided scores, which we've seen. And I mean, as you said, the Grant, I mean, Grant is undefeated in, in their pod, which is not that strong for boys. It's unfortunately. It's just the way it is. I mean, I think people are happy there are games, and people are being fans have been slowly but surely. Some of them have allowed fans, schools have allowed fans to come in. But the unfortunate thing is, is that it's just not the same thing. 
we knew it wasn't going to say be the same thing, but we're happy we have something. So I don't know how you're supposed to judge how we're going to judge 2020 um, down the road, but it's going to be bizarre. I think uh, no matter how we look at it. It is going to be bizarre. And you looked at that on paper and you thought, oh, great. Guilford and Hand are going to be playing three times. That was awesome last year when they played four times. But Guilford lost so many kids. And Hand was still kind of its dominant self. And you know, I just, in, in the, I'm sorry, Scott, but they could still face each other in the region final. Or right. Along the ways. They just didn't want, maybe they didn't want to play a third time. They try and avoid that matchup. Again, it's been a lot of juggling act. So these schools have had all these schools, the schools you mentioned in the opening, they, they've had to just adjust or, or they just don't get to play like a McMahon. So it's, it's, it's been rough. Yeah. And the hand is, it was just better this year. You know, Guilford lost a ton. I did a story on Aiden Buchanan and, and he was kind of like, you know, it's all new kids back here. I'm playing with all new kids in the back. We only have, you know, three, three kids really back from last year. And then we came out of the gate with no, with you know, no scrimmages, and we're playing hand, you know, twice in the first, <laughs> first two yeah. weeks, and, and then again, you know, right away, and um, it's just hard. I, it, it's just really, really hard. And you know, I know they did their best just to set those up regionally. Um, yeah, we mentioned Greenwich before we came on the air that you know they're in with Stanford, West Hill, New Canaan, Darien, and Wright Tech. Uh, they finally had a good game with uh, Stanford the other day, two-one. Stanford played them pretty well. Um, but they've had games moved because West Hill had to miss two weeks. Uh, right Tech is obviously just in the FCAC for this year, uh, and New Canaan does not have a, a strong program right now. Um, Darien's okay. They're up and down, but, but Greenwich just handled them. But Greenwich doesn't get to play the games that you always want to see. You know, they don't get to play Trumbull. They don't get to play Danbury. They don't get to play Staples, which in my opinion, Staples, Greenwich is one of the best rivalries in the state. Um, you know, we knew we were going to miss that stuff this year, and, and I think – you know, Guilford got put into that spot uh, with Hand having to play three times. So I'm glad the SEC is going to mix that up a little bit, um, especially, like you said, with Platt Tech and Whitney Tech. I mean, that was just – that's a tough spot no matter where you put them. But uh, where they were, the, you know, it was really not competitive. And, and we knew the Tech schools were going to have a hard year this year yes. uh, being dropped for these conferences. And, and they have. Right, and, and we've seen it, you know, with, with pretty much all of them. I think Abbott's done okay. I, I haven't actually looked at the record recently, but – well, you talked about Guilford. Now, I mean, I wrote about Scott this story. He was our reigning Connecticut player of the year. And he's out. They haven't missed a beat. And you knew they wouldn't with And they moved up Chris Porter, the other captain up top. And they got with Jason Walk. I mean, those three would be hard to stop. Uh, the question is, is how would they have done? And we're never going to know how they would have done. Because they could win their region. And they'll, they'll call it a championship. But we're never going to know how good this hand team was no matter what they do. They just want to win every game they can. They've done that so far. And I can't imagine they won't continue to do so. So I mean, I think we can assume that they would have been pretty good on the state level. I mean, yes, yes. the, the teams they're beating are not bad. I mean, Xavier's pretty good. Um, that was a 2-1. Okay. And that was a 2-1 game. Um, and they were down in that game. They were down. Right, right. Uh, and, and yeah, and Brantford's a pretty good team. Uh, they got Brantford again this week. Um, I don't know much about Cheshire. They, they play Cheshire today, uh, Tuesday, right? I, I haven't seen much about Cheshire. You know anything about No, they've been, uh, they, they've been okay. I mean, uh, that'll be a good road test for them. Yeah. Um, and they play Brantford again, and, and they, you know, and they're going to be the top seed, I'm sure, in their region. And then, the, assuming we have the tournaments, which I'm sure we will, and go from there. So. Right. Yeah. So there will be some kind of championship for these guys, which is good. I mean, I think that helps keep them motivated. I, I would wonder about that, you know, getting to this point in the season, because you're past the point of 
hey, we're excited to be playing. We've already played, you know, six or seven games. And now it's like keeping that motivation up, you know, to get into whatever tournament's going to be. Um, like I said, normally at this time of year, you're gearing up to finish your season, get a good seed in your conference tournament, get a, you know, trying to fight for that. These games are so important in late October to get that top four seed in the state. Uh, so you get that home quarterfinal game and all that fun stuff's gone. You know, that's why I always loved watching, you know, from this point until the tournaments normally started in November was those last couple of weeks were always so fun to see who was going to get those top four seeds. Cause those teams, you know, you know, they all really, really want those top four seeds. Right. Um, I think Shelton, like I said, Shelton boys come back today from their, from their two week respite and the Shelton Amity girls tonight. We had uh, Marvin Miller on Shelton coaching our first podcast of the year. We had Owen Quibby from Amity last year. Shelton won the opener. Uh, the reason I would bring it up is that's a very good, it's old SEC who's a tonic division rivalry. And that's going to be for the top seed uh, in that region because West Haven, who we had on last week, Pete Trencher, we course, and they went out and lost to Shelton and to Amity. And so it looks like it'll be, if I had either Shelton, I'm not sure the exact matchup, but Amity and Shelton are playing for the top seed. I guess there's something to that. You want to be the top seed and maybe play an easier second round game if that's what it comes down to. But um, the kids, if you ask the kids, I'm sure, Scott, they're, they're playing for something. They're playing games. It means something to them. It means something to parents to be able to go watch their kids. Oh, it means oh something yes, coaches of course. Having games. But for us, it's, it's different. We, I mean, they, they don't may not mean as much, but at least they're there. And like I, I've said oftentimes, I didn't think we get to this point. I'm happy we're here. I'm sure they'll, they'll, it'll feel different when you have the postseason. It'll be like the league tournament. It'll feel deep, better and different because you're playing for something, and they'll celebrate. Right. And there'll just be more championships. There'll just be more banners. That's all it's going to be. They'll, yeah, they'll, have, right. they'll have the SEC Division A and the FCAC East to celebrate. We're just so happy that they're playing. I mean, we are happy. Like You are. No, we, we are. are. And, like, and a lot of them are going to get through their season unscathed. Um, even for the schools that, like we said earlier, had to close, a lot of these schools are going to come through unscathed and not do this. Um, uh, We're having a few technical difficulties with our guests. So Joe and I are going to keep talking and uh, just finish the show and hope that we can get Kurt in here. If not, uh, we will get Kurt on another time. Uh, but Joe, let's talk about the girls' side a little bit. Um, how is the chase to 100 coming, first of all? Well, the chase to 100 is still going on. Uh, I don't didn't really jinx Tony Domingos. They've only played one game, Notre Dame of Fairfield, um, as they had a game postponed uh, last week against Colby. They don't play again until Thursday. Domingos has 99 goals. Yeah. She needs one more for 100. And uh, they are playing Miami Mater Stratford High School, I think, for the third time on Thursday. And they are – no, sorry, tomorrow, Wednesday, 4 o'clock. So at home. So that would be my guess is that she'll be able to tie the record and break the record of Sam Laval with 101. Are you, on you going to go? Are you going to go and, and watch? Am I going to go and watch? I probably will not go and watch. So then she's definitely going to get it then. Yes, exactly. Because as we <laughs> mentioned on this show, if you haven't listened before, in the three times that I've gone to see this girl play, she scored exactly zero goals. Uh, but so they have. Uh, let's see. They are they. They postponed against Colby last week, right? Uh, that, yes. There was a bunch of Notre Dame games that were 
postponed. Uh, they were out of school. I, I think they're back in. So yeah. I, hopefully they play against Weston, uh, Stratford, and then they have Weston, Bunnell, and Barlow. So yeah, so they're gonna. I mean, she's gonna get it. And, and you would hope she she get she needs two. So yeah, I hope she gets. Yeah, two she, in there. no, she she's one for a hundred to tie, two to break, and she will. Right. So uh, knock on wood. Uh, just to mention some other key. Again, since we're taping on Tuesday, we get to go over some of our performances from the last. Yeah, top week. performers. Let's talk. A lot of, I mean, we don't get to do this as much. Katie Far from Cogachat with a hat trick. Um, uh, we mentioned the Amity West Haven game last week. Amity, Audrey Marin, who was our a, a, a game time All State selection last year, had four assists in the game. Martina Krizoptopic. Uh, hopefully I spelled it right. Easier, it right. Well, e easier to spell than pronounce. Yeah. Martina with a Y, Kristopic with a couple of Y and, K and two Ks. Anyway, she had a hat trick in a six to one win over West Haven. <laughs> a couple of Y and two Ks. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's almost like Krzyzewski. Yeah. But it's a different spelling. Uh, Julius yeah. Gallup from Norton Hall had a hat trick in the, uh, five, two win over law. Ari Mullen had her second straight hat trick for the second straight week. This time against Sacred Heart Academy, they she's had all three goals in the second half. Ari Mullen, she's I think she's a freshman for, for the Green Dragons as they beat Sacred Heart Academy five to three. Shy Reeves from Lyman Hall also had a hat trick four to two over Wilbur Cross. Other hat tricks: Julia Magalis from Naugatuck, Julian Moore from Momogo, Samantha Conti from Nanawag, and Jeremina Pranovo of Litchfield. And Julian Yazerski of Goodwin Check. I think I did pretty good on the pronunciations, considering I did not, I did not prepare ahead of time. But uh, obviously, there's been some good performances, and that's the one thing that we've been able to have. One shout out: Sam Forrest, Glastonbury, reigning Class Double State champions. Obviously, will not have a chance to defend, but she was able to break the school record uh, with 46 goals. Uh, she now holds it. She did it on Saturday against Manchester. She's going to go to North Carolina to play lacrosse, not soccer, but she's a great athlete and continues in a long line of great soccer players that they've had there at Glastonbury. So kudos to her and kudos to all these kids. Uh, listen, they've been through a lot. All these kids have been through a lot, not knowing if you're going to play, season being paused, all kinds of stuff. And I got to tell you, kudos to them because it's not easy to be that resilient and just want to play with your friends. And that's what it really comes down to in the end. Well, the kids are still sort of in a in a holding pattern. I know when I was up at Trumbull practice uh, last week, they were supposed to play Central, they, and they ended up playing on Monday. But on Thursday or Friday, when I was up there, they said, "Yeah, we don't know. Central's having some problems that we won't be able to play." And that's kind of like what it is with them. It's like you, you normally you look at your schedule and you say, "Here's our games coming up this week. Here's our games coming up next week." And this year, you look at it and you say, "Well, it's, I hope I get that one in. I hope I get that one in. I hope they don't have an outbreak or they don't have an outbreak." Like there's still so much uncertainty uh, in the season and in the schedule that you know, the kids are still going through it. You know, thankfully the soccer kids have gotten to play, you know, they're obviously in a better position than the football kids this year. So they have to be happy. They seem very happy to be playing, especially the seniors, like so grateful to be out there. And all the coaches are saying that everyone's attitude is so great this season. And, you know, no one's really complaining or anything like that. It's been a great season for coaches that, these kids are all turning up and excited to play. And, you know, even though we talked about lack of motivation with playoffs, I think they're all, like you said, just motivated to be out there and playing. Um, on the and we, side, you've yeah. mentioned the coaches. Uh, sorry, Scott. It, 
And we've had them on, they've said a lot of the same things, but kudos to them as well, because they've had to prepare differently like any, like no other season. Again, they, you want to look forward to a game, but you don't know if you're going to have it. You look forward to a practice, but you're not always sure you're going to have it because if school postpones and they pause like they did with Richfield, you don't know what happens. So you, I think the coaches are, obviously, they've always earned their money because they don't make a ton of money and it's not about right. that. But they, <laughs> to be able to prepare, I mean, you played the game. I always say that every week. You prepare your kids mentally. It's, everything is fluid. That's like the new phrase, the, the big phrase this year. Um, everything is fluid. Everything is different. You try to adjust to everything and understand that anything is possible, good or bad. And to be honest with you, I think they deserve a ton of credit to be able to keep the kids motivated, to keep kids positive, and uh, to be able to continue on with this different season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On the boys' side, Joe and I, every Monday, do put out our top performers of the week. You can always find those on Game Time CT. Uh, today, we're both going to put out the polls, I believe. Uh, I have the well, I don't have one. one. We don't have one. The girls doesn't – you're the, the only are, sport. Oh, the boys are the only one. That's right. So, but yeah, I'll, I'll, the boys' poll will be out today, Tuesday, on Game Time CT. Uh, but, yeah, some of the performers that we had on the boys' side, you know, there's a lot of similar names. But then we, we get some, some new ones. We had a freshman, too. You had a freshman on the girls' side. Uh, we got Dom Albergini, a uh, freshman from O'Brien Tech, uh, scored twice in a 3 nothing win for Antonio. You know, they're, they're school that's actually beating one of their new NVL opponents. Uh, William Flynn from Greenwich had a, had a game-winning goal. Uh, Cameron Sevilla from Holy Cross made 11 saves. Holy Cross has now beaten Naugatuck twice. They play each other one more time, uh, I believe, this Thursday. Holy Cross could knock off the defending champs there, you know, three times this season. Um, we, we talked about Holy Cross in the past. That that was a team that really wanted, much like Han, really wanted to play a, a, a state tournament this year. Uh, really thought they had a team that could compete for that Class M championship. Um, you know, a name that we've mentioned almost every week. You've already mentioned him this week. Scott Testori had another hat trick uh, against Brantford this week. Um, you know, one kid that you know kind of gets overshadowed in the SEC is Aldo Berrigan at, at West Haven. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you've seen him over the last couple. Of I years. have not. Yeah, I'd like, I would like to get up and see him and see West Haven because uh, he had three goals uh, against Amity. He seems like he's scoring two or three goals uh, fairly routinely every night. Uh, so I think that's going to be my next stop is getting up to, to West Haven to see him either practice or a game. And then another guy, like it's these same names that keep coming up. You know, we were talking the other day offline. I was talking to Pete and some of the guys about it about having all state teams and whether, you know, we can name all state teams. So we got Timmy Donovan we got Scott Testori. Timmy Donovan uh, scored both goals in, in Litchfield's 2-0 win over Chapag and then scored four goals in a 5-3 win over Gilbert. Another kid that just scores hat-tricks like it's nothing. Like, yeah. So, you know, I want to know what, how you feel about this because I came down on the side of I'd like to name some all state teams. Um, and I was met with resistance from other people on the staff saying, how can you name an All-State team this year? So what do you think? I mean, do you think that we could uh, honestly and effectively pick All-State teams? Why are you putting the onus on me, Scott? I'm just this is the podcast. <laughs> no, you're here sitting here with me. <laughs> I, I, I answered those privately. Um, I honestly think – no, I did. I did not I, just make it – I honestly thought that can you do them? Yes, you can do teams. I think the SEC is doing teams. I don't know if All-State's doing teams. So as far as coaches, um, it's not going to be easy because you're not going to have a state tournament to use as your buffer. I, right. I think it's possible. I think you can do it. 
and it's nice to recognize kids. And we have this, I have the same thing with the all area teams in Haven Register. We like to recognize kids. Obviously, we always invite them in for pictures. Obviously, not going to be able to do that because, you know, there's no office and you can't, obviously, with all the social distancing. I, I think it would be nice, but I honestly could see it either way. Um, I'd be fine with it either way, to be truthful with you. It's nice to recognize kids, especially in a year like this. And it's yeah. nothing against – I think everybody made brought good opinions in, in their sports. I think it's tougher for sports that have numbers like across country. Yeah. Like a, uh, uh, swimming because they're not having meets. Right. We didn't – We the game time city did not have uh, all state teams for swimming, boys swimming last winter because they did not have state meets. Right. We did it for basketball and, and uh, hockey because you had enough of a season. Um, again – you know who the good players are, but again, if you're getting down to the, the bottom 12 or the second 12, you, it may be hard. So you just kind of – you have to rely on coaches and stuff. So and there's always not, kids that are – It's not easy, Scott. That's, that's, no, that's no. the bottom line. It's never easy to pick an all-state team. But, and there are always kids who emerge, uh, you know, even yes. emerge from this point on in the season. And right. we start to see them, and we're like, who's that kid? Especially when you talk about defenders and goalies sure. and stuff like that. You really have to look at their body of work, and it's really hard this year because, like, again, you could look at at a Greenwich kid's stats, and they're going to look great. And maybe they didn't play against the top teams in their conference. And then you look at another team, and you're like, well, this kid didn't really score any goals. So I understand the argument for not having them. Um, I thought that we could do them in, in soccer, but I, I totally get why it, it may not be fair. You know, and, and we may be going um, – I just got an email from Mark Landers. Uh, Zach Gardner is committed to Siena College. Congratulations to Zach Gardner. <laughs> breaking yeah. news on the podcast, Joe. We're breaking news. You know, we're breaking news. And, you know, that's a good thing. We had mentioned this at one point on the podcast, I forget which one, about how teams, the college teams, could they see them or how do you recruit because they didn't have a premiere season. And, the high school having a high school season has given them a chance to get more tape, I guess. If you can't if it's if you can't go and see them live, I'm not sure the exact rules. Then you get more tape on some live action because there hasn't been any live action, basically all summer. So if there's spots to fill, like a Scott Testori, is who's uncommitted at this point, uh, you get a chance to see him on film, or you get yeah. to see game tape against Guilford. You get to see or somebody's like I'm sure maybe they, he would going to see him anyway, but Again, you had now chances to see them where you didn't have anything from March until October 1st. We definitely do, though, have a lot of seniors who are up in the air about what they're going to do next year. Right. And uh, that NCAA blackout period, which I don't fully understand, uh, but the kids all keep mentioning it. Like, it's been really hard to get stuff out you know, with this, this blackout period. Um, and none of them are really know what they're doing. They're starting to hear from other coaches again. That whole process is, is so strange. I, I would love to take or someone or us to take a, a look at that college recruiting process because it, it's got to be so different for the colleges too. Like, how are they seeing kids? Like, they obviously can't go to as many games as they normally do. They're, like you said, there wasn't that uh, summer premiere season, which is where a lot of these kids get seen. It, it, it's very similar to basketball now. Right. The, the soccer players play their best against their best competition in those premiere seasons. I mean, you look at that team – that has, you know, where Aiden Buchanan and Scott DeStory played together on the team uh, yeah. for CT Rush. CT Rush. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a bunch of teams like that where they're like uh, these all-star teams of kids from around the state. 
they got to play a little bit this year, but it was not the exposure they normally have. They obviously weren't traveling out of state for tournaments. So it's going to be very interesting. Um, it's going to be even more interesting if we get to, you know, winter and spring, and if spring's affected again, God forbid, uh, you know, like those kids who might not have two seasons of no tape. So at least the soccer kids are able to put things on huddle or wherever they put them, and, and hopefully colleges are seeing them and, and kids are getting seen. But it is definitely different this year without seniors. Seniors at this point who really don't know what they're doing next year. Well, Liz, what, I, what I'll say is, as, as the can coach mentioned, it has brought more exposure back to the high school game that maybe hasn't been there. And that's good. Even in, a, in an odd year, odd season, again, people have been able to have an opportunity to showcase themselves where maybe college coaches wouldn't have used this season if it wasn't like a normal season. They wouldn't have used it. Again, they would have made their decisions. But because they have spots open, they need to look at the high school game to fill their roster spots. I want to mention before we go, um, top of the uh, game time CT, because they're right now, even maybe later, but it'll be on the front homepage no matter when you hear this podcast. Shoreline uh, Conference hasn't got a lot of love, but it is one conference that is remained intact, like yeah. the Berkshire League. So they have a full – they'll play a regular league tournament like normal. And Adam Killingworth and Old Lime squared off yesterday in the Battle of Unbeatens, uh, covered by uh, Paul and Jerry for us. And uh, Old Lime, again – Found a way to win two to one to remain unbeaten. You know, they've been to the class S state finals five straight years. They won't get a chance this year, as we keep mentioning, but you know, kudos to them. They've done a nice job. Adam Killingworth is the defending shoreline conference champion. Wouldn't surprise anybody if they're facing off in the final uh, sometime next month. Yeah, I do, but you have to kind of go through manually this year and then look at all the standings. There's no like, uh, you yeah. have a CIA, so you can separate by conference and see how each team is doing. Now you have to go through and, and I'm like writing them all down. like. Yeah. But yeah, the shoreline deserves some love, and they are the only conference that's uh, intact right now, really. Yeah, other uh, than Berkshire. Yeah, other than the Berkshire. Right, uh, and, and that'll be. Hopefully, those are good competitive tournaments. Uh, hopefully, they're still playing in a couple weeks. Um, they don't seem to have had any anything missed, as far as I know. The the shoreline hasn't had any schools that have had to had to close yeah. down and not play yeah, games. Um, right. So hopefully, they can keep that going. Good for the shoreline. Uh, so listen, we want to apologize again for not having uh, Kurt Putnam on from Greenwich. Uh, we will get him back on, hopefully, in the coming weeks. Uh, and I hope you didn't mind too much just listening to Joe and I talk. I uh, hope it was fun for you. Uh, we hey, want Scott. To yeah, what is it, Joe? We've got to November. Yeah, almost. Because almost. We, we, the, next, the next podcast is in November, and we will have another podcast. So there we I go. That's, that's, we, a we mile, that's a milestone in itself that the season has gotten to November. We did it. We Both, did it. We the fall, that's a good thing. It really is. Yeah, I, oh, I just realized today's 1027. That's one of my favorite days uh, ever. Because? The Red Sox won the World Series in 2004, October 27. 16 years ago. Oh, thumbs down from Bowley. <laughs> yeah, well, me too. I'm a Yankee fan, but you know, that's amazing. It's been 16 years. It's, I remember you, you don't forget something like that. It, nah, I never forget something. And for us Yankee fans, I was rooting for the Astros because I wanted somebody to stand with the Yankees as the only team's 3-0 down, but it's Obviously. also the anniversary of the Mets beating the Red Sox in the World Series. So it, it went from a horrible day to a great day. That's correct. 1986. I remember that, too. Yeah. I'll never forget that either. Both, both burned in my memory enough, for, for different reasons. We're old enough to remember that. Some people listening weren't even born then. So I still wake up with Jesse Orozco throwing that mitt in the air sometimes. <laughs> I think you remember more 2004 and forget about the other ones, Scott. I, I do. 2004, everything's burned in. 
Uh, listen, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, for Joe, I'm Scott. We'll see you next week on Just for Kicks.